Welcome back to the Make Life Work podcast with me, Cy Jobling. On this podcast, we talk to people from around tech about how they find a balance between work, life and any side projects to share the stories, challenges and life hacks so others can learn themselves. This time around, I've joined forces with two previous guests of the podcast, Sam Hardacre and Mike Street, to ask each other questions about our side projects and invite along other members of our on-the-side Slack community to share their stories as well. This week, we're joined by another on-the-side regular, Juan Fernandez, a freelance front-end developer from the UK. Let's get into it and do the intros. Sam. Yeah, hi, my name's Sam Hardaker. I'm a designer from Leeds. I'm uh, Mike Street. I'm a lead developer and CTO for a small Brighton-based web agency, Liquid Light. Hi everyone, I'm Juan. I'm a freelance front-end developer based in Suffolk, UK. And I'm Cy Jobling, a delivery lead, as it's known, for a large fintech company. Good to see you all, guys. How are we? Bonjour. Good, good. All good. Good to see you all. Welcome along, Juan. Good to see you on on the panel. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. And uh, I think we'll get into things in a little bit. But um, first things first, how's everyone feeling after the roadmap starting with lockdown and all that sort of stuff? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Yes. Yesterday was quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a bit of a, yeah, chilled out now. <laughs> Child free zones. Yeah. It makes help. It definitely helps. And uh, I think Mike will find out about this soon enough. <laughs> yeah. Nothing, nothing's changed for me so far this week, uh, except that I'm now thinking of meeting up with people but i'm kind of want to avoid people with the sort of impending child i don't want to uh, risk catching anything and then not being able to sort of be there to support my wife so i'm kind of gonna semi self-isolate for the next couple of months to to make sure i don't impact that which is a shame which is you know typical it just starts to all ease but and i have to stay in but it's you know it'll be worth it totally man yeah when when's the due date without giving them too much detail away Are we... uh, mid-april mid-april so yeah a few weeks Ooh. so you've got Getting close. one more month of freedom by the sound of yeah, it yeah it's 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 got a bit more real down that it's next month you know so yeah and yeah. is everyone ready in the house you know <laughs> uh, nurseries and all that sort of stuff yeah as ready as you can be good stuff <laughs> and work yeah. ready you ready to let go of that for a bit oh yeah can't wait <laughs> not to not to not to put any sort of added pressure or anything like that but our eldest kicked himself free a month early so you might not even have a wonderful month. yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah that never of... going to come to that <laughs> i'm gonna tread lightly not to... <laughs> totally but at least you've got your nice office space if you need to break away right yes yeah yeah there's a work emergency <laughs> i need to pop down to the office i'm sure that i've got a podcast to record love back in a moment <laughs> <laughs> um right good shall we do some uh the, the first question of the week is always what have you learned in the past week i can go first i've got something so uh as i mentioned last week i'm i'm sort of thinking of converting my personal blog to 11t which uh juan did you do recently or did i make that up i uh, know i did it a little while ago now but i'm still still tinkering with it still playing around with my website just uh, yeah. yeah so i'm not sure if you found when you did you have a did you convert pretty much like for like from a previous platform to 11 i did yeah so yeah. the first i had php it was a php yeah. based site and i um yeah converted everything to just static html and then went through slowly just converting it to 11 right so yeah i'm going from uh, a cms powered 
website craft cms 211 and it's one of those things in your mind you're just like oh well, i've done all the css and html i'll just drop it across but it's that you always forget about the niggly bits of how template languages work and like if yeah. statements are slightly different and functionalities might not be the same so um yeah that's what i've kind of been battling through is that if if you go from a simple platform to a simple platform it's a not a simple process because <laughs> their simplicities are completely yeah. different so um yeah from craft to 11 there's there's a lot of things which i'm having to rewrite which is obviously taking up more time than you planned yes um yeah. and yeah so that's my learning going from simple to simple is not simple oh very nice that's your new t-shirt design <laughs> i actually went from a simple cms as well perch cms to um 11 Right. And there's still bits on my site that I haven't really converted over to Nunjucks, which is a templating language I'm using. So, but I, my, I need to redesign my website as well. So I thought, how much do I want to do now? And then is it going to get redone? So I, yeah. I did literally just the minimum viable uh, to, to get it live and moved over. And I was, and yeah, and then just been tinker, tinkering away with it. Sam, what have you been learning this week? Uh, I've just been trying to wrap my brains for any sort of learning that I could possibly have come up with uh, in the last week. Because uh, anyone who's been listening to the series will know that I'm just elbow deep in colouring comic pages. And at the minute, I've kind of I've got my process down for now. So it's literally just colouring in um, and putting some shading on and things like that. So I guess one thing I've learned is, uh, I suppose, just to break away for a little bit. So on Thursday, I think it was, or sometime last week, at the end of the day, I just decided to open up Photoshop and do do some scribbling. Um, so I scanned in some pencil doodles that I'd done earlier that day uh, and then just inked them up and coloured them. And it was quite a nice little cathartic process. And yeah, people seemed to like it. I did I did a bit of fan art from... Um, I watched Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? last week. And a couple of the characters have just got... Well, not, not even characters, the actors. They've got quite characterful faces. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, I've... I've those look really fun to draw, so I'll have a go. Um, so yeah, that's, it's a bit of a rubbish lesson this week. I've, I've got to be honest. But for those that uh, haven't seen it, what is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, so it's a it's a Coen Brothers film starring George Clooney, right. um, and it's about three uh, prisoners who break out of prison, and um, George Clooney's character has kind of coaxed the other two into coming with him. On, in search of um, some some treasure of some kind, and on their way, they record a song to get some money to allow them to continue their trip across the country. And then, unbeknownst to them, this song becomes a hit uh, in in the state. I think it's in Mississippi or some place like that. And um, yeah, I don't really want to give much away. It's a very good film, but all it right. kind of it all it all comes round to that song being stupidly popular. <laughs> without them even realizing it and it's it's brilliant it's such a good film what's uh what streaming service did you find it on or is it something that you've do you own the dvd if no it was on DVDs? netflix on netflix all right no, I'll put it, on it is on list. netflix yeah so it's it's a good one noted in the show notes we'll whack it in there <laughs> juan have you got anything well, that you want to share from your learnings this week um well i've been wrapping up a project so i've um but just finishing off learning continuing to learn Tailwind CSS and uh, also Alpine JS, which is so just adding two more skills to my list of skill sets. Uh, but yeah, just also trying to get my head around kind of 
back to sort of permanent work, which I'm sure we'll talk about a bit more. So yeah, the uh, freelance lifestyle and changing back to having a nine to five, it's going to start getting used to that. That will be a culture shock. Yeah, we can go into that a bit more probably in one of the questions. What about you, Sai? Again, thank you, Juan, for asking. <laughs> Never, I always leave a break for everyone else to do that. Uh, what have I learned? Uh, there was two things I learned this week, actually. One is don't use cloud-based Zoom recordings when you're trying to record a podcast. Uh, I failed to make that. Oh, I made that mistake last week, and we only had a single audio track to uh, produce, which made things a little bit more complicated. And the quality, I think you could tell. You did a pretty good job, though. You couldn't really tell. You managed to cut out all of my ramblings and swearing. So, um, yeah, good job. Which is a job in itself. And coming from another <laughs> audio producer, that is, that's, that's a great testament to take, actually. I'll, I'll, I'll take that one. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, we managed to make it work. And this week, actually, we're trying something completely different called Zencaster. Um, so, hopefully, things will work. But we'll see, right? But it'll all come out in the wash at the end. The other thing I did learn, actually, was you should never go for a 10K run from doing nothing for a month. Um, <laughs> I learned the hard way, and it's all part of this fundraising I was trying to do. But, um, yeah, within a day or so, I noticed my toes were really hurting and clicking on every step. Ooh. My knees were creaking. Um, Isn't that just old wife, age? <laughs> potentially. But, again, you know... I've been able to do this for a while, not like 10K, but I've been doing like five, 6K without too much problems. Um, so I've booked into the local podiatrist to get a full assessment tomorrow. Fingers crossed, there's nothing too serious, but we'll see. I've always been known to have like flat feet as well. My wife has always said, you, you need to get that scene too. And I've you know, fobbed it off, whatever. Maybe it's time <laughs> to have a reality check and check, make sure I look after myself. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, lessons learned is, don't run 10k from nothing. Uh, I think many people will probably just go, obviously. <laughs> Noted. Yeah, it's a bit of a no-brainer, isn't it? It should be, but stupid me, no, not necessarily. Cool. So should we move on to uh, the next question? Let's do it. So the question we've got this week is, um, what is it about a project that drives you to work on it? Is it financial motivation, uh, career progression, etc.? Uh, Mike, do you want to go first? Oh, the uh, I liked the uh, while you randomly picked <laughs> one of us, <laughs> we um, did like a roulette wind it wheel. <laughs> I mean, I've, I'm gonna sound a bit like a, a broken record because we kind of uh, well, I kind of touched on this last week in the fact that it's uh, what, what did I call it? Selfish uh, problem solving. So it's kind of yep. um, yeah, the thing that most projects I work on is because I just want to solve a problem for myself but um kind of reading that this question there is that sort of note about career progression and i do often use my side projects to uh experiment with like technologies or tech stacks or uh, processes or anything like that that i've not got either the capacity or the time to work on at work uh, but they do then often feed back into my work and and stuff like that so um, there's, we're going to potentially look at using 11T for our documentation and stuff like that now that I've used it a couple of times for side projects. Um, and I'm trying to think of sort of other times, like um, I, as one of my side projects, I upgraded my network hardware at home with uh, 
commercial level networking gear uh, because I'm a massive nerd. Um, and that actually <laughs> fed into work in the fact that I used it at home, realized how powerful and great and stable it was. And we actually bought the same networking gear at work. So it's, I tend to use my side projects for A, just general problem solving. There's no uh, financial motivation whatsoever, uh, mainly because I never get the traction, nor as I've mentioned before, if people are paying, they expect a certain level of service or a certain le level of like, uh, what's the word, stability within your project. Whereas uh, if you just sort of say, I'm doing this for free, have a play and it breaks, then people don't necessarily uh, hate on you for it. Although, you know, some of the comments you see on open source projects on GitHub, let's just uh, not go down that way. So yeah, uh, selfish problem solving plus a little bit of a, uh, wild west in terms of processes and, and tech stacks and stuff. It's interesting that you say that though, because I think a lot of us kind of see it as an opportunity to build our personal profile a little bit as well. So it's not not just about you know commercial reasons or you know professional reasons. It's just actually I want to grow myself in other ways. I'm, I'm probably mm -hmm. going to, into my territory now, but the way I look at pro like why I do side projects and what motivates me, it's just the general kick and the satisfaction of doing something. I don't, you know, in your day job, sometimes you feel like you just slogging away. Nothing really comes out of the day. Nothing comes out of the week. Maybe even a month goes by and you're like, oh, God's sake, I just want to get something out there, you know? Mm. So for me, it's an opportunity to do something and get it out there in a really timely manner. Um, I think the podcast that we're doing like this is a great opportunity to go, once a week, something's going to come out of this and hopefully someone likes it. And that's that's what it comes down to for me. It's not like purely for my own satisfaction. It's that someone else benefits from it as well. Um, thinking back through all the side projects I've done over the years, I mean, I've been doing them for God knows how long, probably twenty odd years now. I don't think I've ever ever made money out of any of them. Um, and I rarely, you know, even when there's a cost to it, I don't even break even. Let alone, you know, it's just there's no money involved. Occasionally, you have this. I've always talked about this. You have an idea going, this could be a goer. This could be a commercial product. We talked about the calendar thing for grassroots stuff. That's not a money maker, but it could potentially turn into something like a low cost subscription model. But for me, it's just like the satisfaction of going, I made something, someone else liked it or used it, winning. It kind of reminds me of um, <clears throat> when I was in secondary school, I did a bit of, I got signed up to this like mentor program where someone from the local university would come in and sort of, talk to me and a you know a couple of classmates just generally like mentoring us so it's a sort of a an older uh figure to talk to that it wasn't a teacher or your parent kind of thing and um there's something she said she was doing psychology uh degree and we were doing like media studies when we were sort of talking to her about media studies and stuff and something she said has, has, has always stuck to me and it's like she said you get like two types of sort of degrees and two types of um, work in the fact that you get like the problem solution factual ones and then you get the like the airy fairy ones so if you think of like back in secondary school if you did maths GCSE there's a question and there's a right answer and there's a wrong answer and you get if you get the right answer you get that little sort of tingle of satisfaction whereas with like even with English um, you write an essay but it's not right or wrong. It's like, it's just really, it's, it's not very, you, yes, you might finish it and you get that sort of tingle of satisfaction when you finish it, but there's no like done is there. It's like a, 
It's a bit like Not a binary. website in the fact that it's never finished. And so I suppose like that does apply to work as well, doesn't it? And side projects give you that opportunity to get that little uh, tingle of completion on like something that's got a quick turnaround, like this podcast, you know, we record on a Tuesday, it gets released the following Monday, boom, done. There's nothing else you can do to it. Like, sorry, you're restricted with your editing. It's like, there's a, there's a deadline. And I doubt you have any projects at work that start on a Tuesday and finish the following Monday, bish, bash, boss, job done. So there's probably also that for you in the fact that with your type of work that you don't really get those kind of job done, finished, move on. It's kind of your work's a bit more airy-fairy, <laughs> excuse the <laughs> In term. a way it is, right? I mean, a lot, of, a lot of the work I do is kind of um, setting the ground, you know, the frameworks in place to get improvements in place, right? So, mm. you know, we've talked, we can talk about agile ways of working all the time if we want to, but the fact that you're constantly building, delivering on a regular basis, whether weekly, fortnightly, monthly, whatever, with the kind of stuff I do, it's literally just setting some foundations in place and then help the teams to be more aware of improvements. There's never, and you, you'll have like milestones and, you know, significant points where you can ship something or get the, the reward from it, but it's never done. And mm. the, the idea that a product you make is complete is bollocks to me. It's just like, no, you've got something out. You've got a new thing out, build on it. And this is the joy of a side project is that you can do that, you know, with the podcast. I, I went over a year or so ago, I went, well, this might be something in it. I'll give it a go five seasons on and we're like yep no we've got something here i don't know what it is and it's still kind of evolving over time but we're trying different things every, all the time and we've got the luxury of having that freedom to go i want to try something different now and we can we can try a different tech stack we can try a different format we can try a different model whatever um that's that's another thing for me just i, I get to see something try it without any limitations and just mm. to see what it does so uh, that's me um Sam, do you want to go next? Yeah, sure. So for me, there's a bit of a mixture of of sort of reasons behind why I do what I do. Um, originally, um, when I first started, really started, started working on this comic, it was a way for me to get away from the computer because I was working traditionally with pen and pen and ink and paper and things like that. So it was a chance for me in an evening to sort of put all my devices down, put some headphones on, put some music on and just you know sit and work on a page and it was uh it was just a nice break you're not staring at a screen or anything like that um i've since taken a step into digital work so i'm now back to working on the screen so i've kind of had to adjust my thinking really about how i how i I think about being on a device and it for it boils down to um the purpose of why i'm there so if I'm just sat mindlessly scrolling through Twitter or something like that, um, that's not a particularly productive use of time. Whereas if I'm on Photoshop and I'm working on, on a page, I'm finding that I'm not getting distracted very often. So I, I don't really have the urge to flip to over to a different browser and have a look at what's going on Twitter and things like that. I'm, I'm very focused on what I'm doing. So it's kind of, in terms of... Um, focusing productivity it's it's very much the same as it was when i was working on paper but like i said it, it's um just slightly slight adjustment in how i think about the the methods that i'm using because i was i was really sort of hesitant to move over to digital for that reason um or at least partly for that reason because i didn't want to get drawn into the the sort of the the urge to go and check twitter and just 
you know, let's go see what's going on there for five minutes, and then suddenly half an hour has disappeared. Um, and I suppose there are there are some other elements of it. I don't think it's ever going to be a career change for me, to be honest. Um, unless you happen to make it big time in comics, you're not going to make a decent living doing it. Um, and I've kind of resigned myself to that fact, and that's perfectly fine. I have had some projects in the past where I have I have had actually had some you know financial benefits out of it. I did a project a few years ago with a gallery in New York, um, and I, I earned a few grand off that. Um, and that was doing some commission work, basically. So there's there's money to be made in commissions, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of a lot of grinding to get it done. And one of the reasons why I don't do commission work anymore, or at the minute at least, is sometimes you get asked to do stuff which is really good, and you kind of go right that is that's lit a fire, and I'm going to go and do that. And it's you know the the end piece you're really happy with it, and then sometimes. You get given a, a request and you go, oh, really, really? That's that's what you want. One of the one of the things that came into mind off this this gallery project was someone asked for a mashup between um, is it Rutger Hauer, the the actor who was in Blade Runner. Um, so he was in a film called Hobo with a Shotgun or something like that. And this this request was, I want the head of Rutger Hauer on the body of uh, Saul Guerrero from Rogue One. And I read that and I was like, what? <laughs> so I went, I went back to the gallery and I just said, look, I'm not doing this. We need to find an alternative. And they came back with an alternative suggestion for, for that particular customer. But but that was that's an example of, you know, if, if someone's paid you some money and they say, I want this, you kind of have to do it regardless. And mm. there are those occasions where you go, I really don't want to do this, let alone put my name on it. Um, yeah, so that's me. Um, what about you, Juan? Uh, I think for me, it's definitely um, there's definitely financial motivation, um, but also career progression. Being or having been a freelancer slash contractor, I spend a lot of time, you know, sort of just jumping in on a project. You know, most of the time the technology has already been picked for me. I don't get a choice, so it's just a case of getting in, doing that project, but then. I use side projects, you know, just to keep my my mind, my brain working, ticking, learning new skills. And by learning new things, new tech, new skills, then that sort of opens up new opportunities for contract work. So yeah, for me, it's it's a bit of all of that financial and career progression. And um, like with my website, I've sort of been working on it. I sort of like we, we said earlier, converted it to Eleventy, just spent some time working on it, and then rather than just completely starting from fresh i've been sort of adding to it and working on it and i've treated it like a project where i've got you know uh issues and i've sort of been adding to it and just picking one fixing it whenever i've got time so for you actually because you're freelance you've got a different motive anyway right because one you haven't got the the stability of a full-time job anyway yeah but two how the hell do you learn when you're just taking on project, project, project exactly, yeah. to then go, well, actually now I know 11T, this might work better for this project, or I can even go out on tender for projects that are specifically for 11T. Yeah. Or yeah. Framework you're running. Exactly. Yeah. Being a contractor or, you know, freelancer, it, you know, there's always like a new framework, like everyone's talking about tailwind. I don't particularly like the approach of tailwind, but that's probably not a discussion for, for this podcast, but Again, I've learned it. The client wanted it because he liked it. And I thought, you know what? I don't know it. I'm going to just dive in and learn it for the, for this project. And it's something else that I can add to my 
CV and if another project comes up that requires it, then, you know, I can go for it. So yeah, constantly learning. I've been in bad situations where the clients sort of led with what system they're going to run with before. Um, Yeah. In a previous job, we had to build something on Magento. And if you've never built on Magento before, and you get suddenly thrust into a into a full e-commerce build, it is not fun. Yeah, I've heard about that. About <laughs> Magento, yeah, it's not. But it it wasn't like um, the client was sort of forceful in his opinion. He, you know, he mentioned it, and I thought, Do you know what, I've been looking at it, so yeah, why not? Let's go for it. And um, yeah, so it's uh, constantly learning. Yeah, constantly learning. So. I think the general rule across all of us is just to learn new stuff and then we can maybe apply it to our profession. But then with Sam, you, I love how you say, I'm colouring in. So I can go back to your your childhood ways. Going, I've drawn it, I'm colouring it, and I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I wish, I wish all projects were that simple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, have we got any other thoughts on this topic or shall we move on to the next question? I feel like we should move on. Yeah. We need your segue, Mike. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So kind of, it kind of leads on from the previous question in terms of like side projects and what you, what you choose to do with it and how you plan to do those things with it. Um, So how do you plan and prioritize your workload for side projects specifically? Um, obviously feel free to segue into your planning and prioritization at work but as this is an on the side takeover I feel like we should be talking about side projects specifically uh, I'm going to go to you first Sai. Oh what because I'm a delivery lead and I plan everything right? (laughs) (laughs) It's the nature of the job well actually I think that there's an element of that that influences how I do this because it is my daytime job it's all about planning prioritizing going through that stuff with the teams i do pick up little tricks along the way that go ah that will be useful for a side project so um i mean again i don't want to go into the whole agile mindset which i'm sure many of our listeners are already familiar with or can't be asked with um but the idea that you kind of take up an idea break it down think about an mvp and then just literally write these things down that that's the first step for me now i'm not generally a slave to the tools, but I think anyone who's used Jira, for example, knows how cumbersome and complex and <laughs> unuseful it can be. Has anyone ever used Jira and gone, do you know what? I bloody love Jira. I doubt it. You know what? Actually, <laughs> I've been using a uh, like a proprietary tool in my current job, which is absolutely awful to the point where a lot of people are going, I miss Jira. And it was, everyone was like, really? What? No way. Like, yeah, it's so bad. We miss Jira. Um, wow. Yeah. So so no one actually likes Jira. They just prefer it to things that are worse. P- pretty much. It's the worst of many evils, I guess. The, the, um, the, tech, the tech guys, I know, we're, I know we're trying to talk about on the side stuff, but the tech guys at work, um, they prefer Jira. Um, or at least they've, they've settled on Jira because of, the way it integrates with lots of different systems. So mm. uh, we use Bitbucket for all our code repositories um, and it just syncs up with all that kind of stuff and, it and you know, it does all sorts of crazy stuff. So we've got like um, sprint boards that automatically sync with the status of, you know, if you've got, got a pull request in place, you know, it'll automatically move it into the right column and all sorts of stuff like that. So it's 
it's very clever once you've set it up. But the the guy I work with who was in the process setting it up, it it seemed to take him a long time to get it right. And that's not a a diss on him. That's more a com- that's more a comment on how complex this this system could be. Whereas for me personally, I was I was really sort of like, can we not use like Todoist or something, just like a simple to do list. Um, yeah. But you know, hey ho. It's a good tangent that we might have to save for another episode. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're all on the same page with Jira. But what I was going to say was um, what I generally do is either use something like Trello or even TickTick just to kind of literally get a brain dump down of what I want to do for this side project. It could be like a single task. You know, it might just be like, I want to say, oh, I want to create a, an if this and that recipe to synchronize that with that. That's a little side project for me. And I might have to step back and go, well, actually, to do that, I need a, an email address or I need a service. So I'll, I'll generally jump into TickTick first. And then I might go and use Trello, another Atlassian tool that I'm sure many of us are familiar with. But it's another opportunity to go, well, actually, I'm going to collaborate with someone. Most people have a Trello account, so I should be able to just invite them to a Trello board. We can map down our thoughts, do the tracking and stuff. We don't need to go to the detail like Jira can with all the complicated workflows to synchronize with Bitbuckets and build pipelines and feeding in all the requirements from customer email complaints. Don't need any of that. It's a side project. It's fun. I want to enjoy this. But if I've got something I can use from all those other big babies, then I will just go, copy, done. I know how to do this now. Sam, do you, I mean, you've got like a comic book to finish. So surely you've got a really rigid plan um, with your own Jira tickets uh, (laughs) and workflows that, uh, yeah, what do you use? Yeah, I mean, setting up Jira to work on a comic book, that sounds like... A really good use of time. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's fairly straightforward in the sense that it's a f- making a comic book is quite a linear process when you break it down, or if you look at it from like a macro level, you know. Um, so my my process, I've been trying to evolve it over the course of the last year or two as I've been working on this book, and I think I've got it down to a good kind of streamlined flow now. But like I say, it, it, one thing follows on from the next, so. You know, you can't really start working on rough pages or anything until you've got a script. And once you've done the rough pages, then you can do, move on to the inking. And then once you've done the inking, you can move on to the coloring. I suppose you could do the lettering at any stage once you've got some rough pages. Um, I know some people who do do the lettering before they do the inking, um, just so they know exactly where the word balloons are going to be and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's primarily that's how I kind of prioritize things at the minute. Um, I'm trying to do things one step at a time. So I'm deliberately focused on the coloring phase right now. And then once I've finished that, which hopefully will be this week, um, I can then move on to lettering. Whereas someone who's a bit more experienced might sort of jump around a little bit. So they might finish coloring a page and then letter it up before they consider the whole thing finished. Sam, you know, when you're doing this, I'm, I'm going back to the, how do you get an MVP out and user feedback? Is there an opportunity when you're doing it, like in that way, where you can get some actual feedback from your end users or your customers, as it were? Uh, yeah, so what I've what I've done with this book is, um, as I mentioned on a previous podcast, when I was talking to a publisher, um, we worked quite a lot last year on f- writing the whole story arc rather than just focusing on issue one, which is what I'm focusing on right now. So I've I've got a full end to end story and I roughed it all out. So I, I I've got about I think about hundred pages I think altogether, where I've got really rough scribbles with dialogue and everything. So you can read it as a full comic book. Um, right. So as I've been doing that, as I've been going through the the process of working on like you know the 
I broke them up into chapters, which are effectively issues now. Um, so I'd finish one chapter and I'd send that off to my publisher to get the editor's feedback. But I'd also fire it around to some friends as well. Um, just say, what do you guys think of this? It's really rough, so I don't want comments about how, how messy it is. All I want to know is, does the flow work? You know, Does it make sense? Can you can you sort of understand what's going on and all that kind of stuff? Um, so yeah, so that's does that answer your question? Yeah, I, I just wonder if you did it actually, you know, because I know there's an opportunity to go right. I've done a page. Let's see if anyone think what they think of it. But would you like to do that, or would you rather go? No, no, I want to finish this chapter, this issue, or however first. Yeah, I think if um, I'd probably break it down to scenes. So you know, one one page out of context probably wouldn't be that helpful for somebody. But if they could read a full scene. Um, and maybe understand how you know what's happened before and what's going to follow, even on a broad kind of broad outline, that might be useful. Yeah, mm. but um, do you get the feedback and then do something with it, or just go and go? Thanks, noted note for next time. Oh yeah, for certain. Like if there's there's not not much point doing it if I just ignore it. Um, thankfully, I've not had that right. much of a problem. You know, like even when working with an editor, um, whose job it is to make sure that it's all you know really really as good as it can be. The feedback's never been so bad that I've had to like redo lots of stuff. I've had to maybe redraw a page or two where the layout doesn't quite work or um, or the publisher or the editor's kind of said, this page is okay, but I think if you if you push yourself a bit further just to explore some more ideas, you can make the page really like 10 times better. Um, so yeah, so I've not had, I've not had any major revisions in that in that sense really, which is quite fortunate because you don't really want to do that if you've you know if you've done all the writing and all that kind of stuff um yeah. i mean i have i have also gone through the phase of sending the script off as well so you know if you kind of like how you would do with a with a regular project at work you, you know you do like you know you write a script send that off get the dialogue and the story kind of signed off loosely and then you can work on rough pages so when you're doing the rough pages you know you don't really have to worry about what's being said necessarily in the script you can just worry about right do you know get these compositions working and yeah it's does that make sense yes it does so i feel like i'm rambling again <laughs> no no it's all good stuff juan do you have a, an approach to planning and prioritizing yeah for me it's um using a bullet journal um it's just nice i've i've, I've tried um I, I really like trello and i've used trello in sort of you know jobs um but digital just doesn't work for me it, it always goes back to pen and paper and so since i adopted the bullet journal methodology it's it's worked wonders for me um i can't see much. i've tried i recently tried um basecamp because they uh, released a free plan um it's for like sort of non-techie product uh, projects like um i don't know sort of diy projects uh, where my wife needs to be involved um it kind of worked okay but again it's it, it's just digital and it I like to focus on the task and not whether to get the technology working and, and stuff like that and teaching someone how to use it. Like you were saying earlier, you know, lots of people already have a Trello account, but not necessarily Basecamp. And then it's just easier with pen and paper. For me, most of the time I'm working by myself on side projects anyway. So pen and paper kind of works for me. And when I am work using a tool like Trello or Basecamp, I am still copying the tasks that I need to work on onto my bullet journal and then I prioritize them uh, using that methodology. So Yeah. I used to I used to um, do bullet journaling or, or at least the, the sort of the, the main task management kind of aspect of it. 
Um, yeah. I know I never went as far as doing the whole calendar thing that you can that, that you, they suggest you do. Yeah, no, I don't. But um, I had that same problem, so I was um, I was constantly getting tasks on Todoist, which is how some of us at work manage our tasks, copying them down on paper, and then just doubling up my work essentially so i've decided yeah. right i'm just gonna do away with the bullet journal as much as i like it and there's that sort of satisfaction of having a physical list that you you can scribble on yeah, or you definitely. can tick off and things like that there's that there's that sort of aspect of it when you finish a task um that's yeah. a lot more satisfying than just clicking a checkbox um, definitely yeah. I, I find it it's uh, for me again using bullet journal it's a lot easier to keep track of the stuff that i haven't done as well because you just move it to the next day and yeah. obviously uh, looking through bullet journaling there's like symbols that you can sort of mark your tasks as um and i've also modified it slightly so i use like an exclamation mark to denote a more important task that i need to work on so i tend to keep it to three most important tasks that i need to complete that day whereas everything else is just a normal task uh, and also things like um sort of just to remind myself that i've got a meeting because i might not have my phone on me so i won't get the calendar notification but you know, I've always got my bullet journal with me. Nice. So yeah, that kind of works for me. You're the kind of guy who's always got a notepad with you then. Yeah. So you can make notes. You've got an idea what's going on. Because I know a lot of people, that, there it is. <laughs> oh, oh, and it's got stickers on it as well. Yeah. Even better. It's a brand new one. So it's got new stickers. <laughs> yeah, I know a few people like that. They just can't shift into the digital mindset. They much prefer the tangible feel of a post-it or a book or a, a yeah. moleskin or something. And I'm, I'm not in between. I can see the benefits of having like a digital outline. Like I plan my day in an outline document. Um, and it's literally every morning, right, what are my things to do in the task list? I can make my notes in there. I can search and index this stuff so I can find it later easily. But occasionally I'll just whip out my moleskin and go, I need to doodle this yeah. bad boy. I need to mind map it or brainstorm some stuff first. That was the thing for me as well, the, the planning of it as well. Um, the, the fact that you have to sort of physically go through the process of moving stuff from the previous day or the previous week. Like, like Juan was saying, like it helps you keep track of the things you've not done, but it also really helps you sort of actively plan what you're going to do today. Cause you, you, you know, you automatically look at what you've got left on your task list and you, you automatically start thinking, am I going to realistically get this done? Or shall I just put it in a, you know, put it in a, a to-do list for tomorrow or for when I know I've got more time to tackle something. It's, yeah, I, I wish I wish I could have made it work because I really enjoyed working uh, with a bullet journal. But like I said, it, it was just too much effort in the end. Is there a specific bullet journal methodology, or is it just writing bullets on a bit of paper? Uh, there is there is a uh, yeah there is a specific methodology, and I won't get into it here, but we'll link it in the notes. But there is a, a website for it, and yeah, there's just um, you've got different symbols to use to denote. Um, the meaning of each task and like if you're going to move it back into the main list or forward to the next day um, right. and that kind of stuff um, and I was going to say um, so at the end of each day I sort of you know go through um, my bullet journal and then stuff I didn't get to then I already I move it to the next day and so first thing in the morning I look at my bullet journal and I know what I need to work on and uh, the actual sort of the effort of having to move stuff from one day that to the other that you didn't get round to. Eventually, you look at it and you think, okay, well, I've been ignoring this task now for five days. I think I have to move this one and get it done. Either get it done, or move it back to the monthly list and then go from there. Just, uh, just looking at the website that Sam's just shared. I, 
Yeah, the website's changed a bit. Um, it's more. Oh, I see. It's fairly straightforward. Like I said, it can get really complex, but if you if 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 you stick to just like the the bullet list kind of method, I found that really useful. Um, just because it, it it just allows you to keep on top of everything that you've got going on. Yeah, it can get quite deep, but I yeah, like I like Sam, I don't use the calendar feature of it. Um, it's mainly just to start a new month, put a list of all the things that I need to do for that month. And then each day I put in what I need to do for that day. And then always referring to that month list to make, to sort of keep an eye on the stuff I have to get done and then bring it into the day that I want to work on it. There was, this is a complete tangent. I was listening to a podcast the other day, but um, there was a woman on there who at the start of a year will outline everything she wants to do that year. And then she'll break it down by months. And then, you know, as it goes through the year, it will get broken down into weeks and then into days and then so it's like does that week help her reach her like year goal and it just who's i who can plan a year ahead but i just could i i could barely i can barely do a week we do a week we do it as a rolling week at work and i struggle with that because <laughs> i can't tell you what i want to achieve next month it's just ridiculous so mike how do you plan and prioritize your project <laughs> i don't there it is <laughs> <laughs> that's it I think it's because I uh, am a bit of a sort of scatter. I mean, it's probably a chicken and egg thing. I'm a bit of a, a scatterbrain when it comes to my side projects. Um, and I think because we plan so much at work that I just be like, I just want to wander. You know, I just want to go in a direction that, that my side projects take me. Uh, I use uncommitted Git modifications to remind myself what I was doing the previous day. So uh, I'll just leave files just dirty in the git repository which is horrific uh bad practice um i also tend to use my uh as previously discussed cone of completion um so i'll just set myself a goal like you know setting the setting up the css files and making web making sure webpacks working correctly and like every every moment i get to work on my side projects will just be towards that one goal so um, and I won't think of the next one until that first one's completed. So yeah, I don't track my side projects. Um, I've tried using GitLab issues and I just kind of forget about them. I've tried using Trello. I found a Trello board the other day that I hadn't looked at since like 2017. And it had like some, a couple of to-dos on for a project that doesn't even exist anymore. Uh, I've tried using uh, TickTick, which I use at work, I, but I tried using it for my personal stuff and that didn't work. Um, so yeah, I've, there's a lot of things I've tried, but I just can't get it to stick. I tried using a bit of paper, but cause I use my laptop for, um, personal for side projects and my laptop wanders all around the house. And then it's suddenly like, Oh, I need to write that. Oh, I can't, I don't have my, I don't have my journal with me. So, um, yeah, I've just stuck to using the old faithful mind. Nice. <laughs> so I think we've all shared our thoughts now and Mike's probably learnt a few tricks in the process actually it sounds like <laughs> but um, plenty to chew over there I think that's it for this week isn't it so should we go around the houses do our socials so people can get hold of each other uh, I'm at Mike Streety on uh, everything that's worth being on oh, very nice Sam uh, yeah so my my web slash personal Twitter account is at not turn the monkey and my art account is at skinny drawn boy Awesome. And Juan? Um, I'm at Juan Fernandez, pretty much uh, everywhere. So that's me. That's with an S at the end, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> Just to make sure. Awesome. 
yeah we'll get all them in the show notes uh, and for anyone who wants to follow along with all the make life work stuff you can do at make life work pod on twitter instagram and facebook we've got the email hello at make life work podcast.com all the show notes and archives are on makelifeworkpodcast.com, the website. And we've also got our On The Side Slack community we are all part of. Just pop on over to ontheside.network. And if you are listening in those podcast apps, give us a little like, review, star, whatever you can find in there. And uh, it will give us a bit of credit. One final thing just to add to this show, actually. We have managed to wangle 50 free um tick tick premium codes so you can get the first month for free um that gives you all the add-ons with all the tracking all the extra charts projects and extra bits like that we well i'm a fan i think the other guys have used it in different ways so if you want to give that a go we'll put the details in the show notes just if you want to get that code follow us and message us with an at reply whatever however you want to get hold of us um and we'll send that code over to you and hopefully it will help you get your side projects all organized in all the different ways that we've just mentioned as well. Any final thoughts from anyone? Not really, no. <laughs> Silence of awkwardness. Excellent. <laughs> well, that's all. Uh, I'm going to say bye and uh, see you all next week. Bye. Au revoir.